Welcome, everybody. Thank you for joining us in our series, Worship Leading for Small Churches. My name's AJ. I am the Assistant Divisional Music Director for the Salvation Army in North and South Carolina. And I am joined by members of Transmission. On my right, I have Josh Powell. He is the Contemporary Music Specialist for the Southern Territory of the Salvation Army. He creates resources for training worship teams. He is a music producer and a songwriter. Am I missing anything, Josh? I think that's it. All right. Over here on my left, I have Rachel Wiley. She is the Assistant Divisional Music Director of the Salvation Army in Georgia. She specializes in vocal performance, choral music, contemporary worship as well. And you are a songwriter as well. Actually, the song that you just heard us play is written by Rachel Wiley. Am I, did I miss anything there? I think you covered it. All right. Today, we're going to be talking about choosing songs for small or beginner teams. Um, so what's the first thing that you think of? When choosing a song, choosing songs for, for, for leading worship. <clears throat> yeah, I, I think choosing songs is, for me, it's a puzzle. Like I, I spend probably the majority of my um, worship leading prep in actually choosing the songs because I, I think the songs that we sing are, uh, this is what we're, we're actually saying to God as a, as a body and we're saying to each other. So I think it's important that we, we choose the, the songs that we sing intentionally, right? Um, so that it you know puts us in the right place uh, for worship. Um, so for me, I, I like to think about what is it that we're actually trying to say, yeah. right? Uh, I've heard that uh, there's this idea of of narrative flow uh, with worship, and uh, like uh, like if you look at at a lot of the examples of of what worship looked like in the in the Old Testament, you'll see this as well, and even um, the way that Jesus teaches us to pray. Like there's this kind of flow to how we we worship. Um, how we worship God, and I think uh, this kind of gets us to the the place where uh, we can we can sing songs of gathering, like right. We can sing songs of us coming together. Uh, we can sing songs of testimony, uh, right? Songs um, telling about what God has done in our lives. Uh, we can sing songs proclaiming God's character or His attributes. Uh, we can sing songs of uh, petition where we're asking God to do something for us. And then we sing songs that are um, response, like this is my, this is how I'm going to respond to this. So I think like, and obviously not everybody's going to have enough time in their set to sing that many songs, but the songs that we, we can choose can kind of follow this narrative flow where we, we kind of get our people into this, uh, this idea of getting from an, an us perspective to a vertical perspective as well. I don't know. What do you think, Rachel? Yeah, well, I think that was a great answer. First of all, you covered a, a good bit of what I was probably going to say. Um, so I'll go more of the practical side, maybe, or, yeah. or how it comes into practice. Um, I typically lean theme-based first. So mm -hmm. if there's um, a series, like at our church right now, we're big into series. So mm -hmm. if there's something that we want to have continuing through a couple weeks, um, probably sitting down and looking at what songs can fit to that. Or uh, if the pastor comes and asks for a specific theme, pulling, okay, what songs fit into that? And then from there, you can go into what is our team capable of? What yeah. can we actually use? Uh, but theme is usually a, a place that I like to start. 
Yeah, and and one thing that I that I always like to do is is what message does the congregation need to hear? Yeah, mm-hmm. um, you're you're right there with your people. Um, these these are the people that that, that you're leading in worship. Um, what songs do they really need to hear? Um, go, going into going into beginner praise teams because uh, because both of you guys have taught have taught some beginners coming coming up as well as uh, some some very very skilled and talented groups. Uh, but but what's your process in choosing songs? For, for beginner praise teams? I like to start simple. Yeah. So things that have just a few chords that are very repetitive. Um, typically your chords that you learn first, your C's, your G's, things yeah. that are, are grasp, uh, quickly grasped. Um, and I like to choose things that are often heard, whether mm-hmm. it's the radio or through our congregation. Uh, maybe it's a song that we've done for the last couple of weeks, something that they know what it sounds like mm-hmm. and can easily pick it up. Yeah. I think for me, uh, um, I, I really consider two two things, when, especially with, with a younger group. Uh, one is familiarity, because I think uh, we sometimes get into the, uh, the trap of trying to choose songs based on what we like mm-hmm. uh, listening to, and, you know, th- those those songs can be powerful, uh, but if our congregation doesn't really know it uh, and if our team uh, doesn't know it well, we're not going to be able to reproduce it well. So I think familiarity is uh, is a, a key point there. And that's not to say that you can't ever introduce new songs, um, but I think especially for a younger group, the more familiar they are with the song, the easier they're going to be able to reproduce it. And I think for me the second thing is like it's it's in that same ballpark, but it's scalability of the song, the reproducibility of the song. Um, there's a lot of great songs out there that uh, have really high production value or yep. production quality. It doesn't always mean that it scales down to uh, the beginner acoustic type worship teams. So can the song be scaled down? And that's that's the second thing I, I think of when I'm trying to choose a song for uh, a younger worship team. Yeah, yeah. And then within that, um, of course, you you want to uh, to better your team. You want to 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 help them become better at their craft, become yeah. better as a group, but also become better uh, individuals. And then working up songs um, that that are out of their range. It's it's the whole um, put something in front of you that challenges you, yeah. mm-hmm. so you can become better. Mm-hmm. Um, things like that. Yeah, because yeah, I think like if you if you always only put easy songs in front of a beginner team. It doesn't, it's not going to encourage them to stretch themselves. So, yeah, you, you do have to put st- stuff in front of them that is going to encourage them and excite them uh, yep. to keep working at their craft. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's a good point. Yeah. But also with that, making sure that they are ready Yeah. and not, hey, we're going to do this Sunday. Yeah. yeah. In two days, yeah. we're going we're gonna to have to do yeah. this song. Yeah, that's those, out of the reach. Yeah. Those kind of things take time. Uh-huh. Like you, you've got to, like, and we'll talk about rehearsal, rehearsal yeah. later, but you got to make sure that you have enough rehearsal time to, to work that up. But those kind of things, like they, they, those really uh, exciting songs for them uh, gives them something to bite into and, and to work toward. Yeah. Yeah. How do you take a uh, congregation into consideration? Um, like, like we, we mentioned it before, um, really knowing your people, what do they need to hear? How do you, how do you take when choosing songs, how do you take the congregation into consideration for, for what they need to hear? I think as worship leaders, we have a responsibility to know the heart of God and be close to the heart of God, but also know the heart of our congregation, yeah. um, which requires relationship building. Yes. Uh, and that takes time. But 
knowing what it is that your congregation either needs to hear mm. or to sing or needs sung over them. And whether that's as a full church body, or maybe you know there's a group of people that are either walking through something or have, um, I think it's being really in tune with that on the spiritual side of things. And then that helps in knowing uh, what really do they need to hear on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night or whatever it might be. Um, And then just praying over that. That comes with discernment and taking time with the Lord to really know what do you have for our church right now in this season? What's that look like? Yeah, yeah. I think for me, like <clears throat> the worship is worship is a, a it's a conversation, right? It's a conversation mm-hmm. between uh, a worshiper and the one that they are worshiping. So for us, it's it's a conversation between us and God, and God communing with us as well. Um, and like you can. Like, Personal worship is like it is important, but we when we come together corporately, we want everyone to engage in in this conversation with God. Uh, so I think familiarity again is is a big uh, big part of this. If if the congregation largely does not know the song, they don't really know what it is they're saying to God in the conversation. So yeah. they typically mm-hmm. will they'll fall away and they'll just be an observer. We don't we don't want our we don't want to encourage our congregation to be observers in worship. We want them to participate in worship. So again, uh, I think familiarity is one of the things that I take into consideration with my congregation. Um, again, it's not to say you you shouldn't do new songs because I, I think it's also important to expand our worship vocabulary, yeah. but you know within reason. So for me, a familiar familiarity is is the first. The second for me is is it singable? Right, because there's a lot of songs out there that sound really killer, uh, but the melodies and the rhythms, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, within the songs, they're not necessarily congregation friendly. Yeah. Um, and I've I've found that if if a if a song is um, unobtainable for the majority of our congregation, they're not going to go for it. They're just going to step back because they feel awkward. That I can't sing those high notes. I can't do those jumps. I, I don't know this rhythm. So it makes them feel uncomfortable. They're not going to engage. And we want we want them to engage with it. Yeah. yeah. One thing that I always like to say is uh, c- congregation participation is more important than the band's enjoyment. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, 100%. Us as worship leaders, which is not just the person singing, it's the drummer who right. is coming in, swelling on the chorus. Like, yeah. that, that they're a worship leader as well. Um, take the congregation into consideration with uh, with the songs that they need to hear yeah. over the ones that, oh, I heard on the radio. Mm-hmm. Let's go Let's go ahead and do that, because that might not be what your congregation needs to hear. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then it's, it's, it's also... Um, like genre wise, uh, genre is 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 sometimes gospel music works with some with some congregations. Sometimes it won't. Yeah. Sometimes old music, old hymns mm. work great with some churches, yeah. some congregations. Sometimes some of the newer stuff works works best uh, with with some of the congregations. So so adding that in there also. Um, let, let let's talk about a, a little bit deeper into that. Um, what would you consider? A, what would you consider a congregation worship song versus just a Christian radio song? That's a good question. Like mm-hmm. you know, sometimes there's not a difference. Like you know, a, a song that is encouraging um, that encourages our our people to you know commune with God. I think it it, ha- it has a place in worship. Um, but then I think there there are songs that 
are written for our enjoyment, not necessarily for our worship or for us to use in worship. Yeah. And that's not a bad thing uh, because I think we, we need songs that we enjoy listening to that's going to put us in a you know, frame of mind um, that is positive, encouraging to use the, the Caleb expression, <laughs> right? Um, so, so yeah, I think, like, I think there is a difference sometimes between a Christian song and a worship song. Um, a worship song being that which can lead you into a conversation with God. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I think I think it's a really tough question to give maybe just a clear answer on. There are, like Josh is saying, there are some songs on the radio that just do not translate into a congregational setting, yeah. whether it be that they are super... Um, specific, they're coming from a single person's point of view, and maybe it doesn't allow for corporate yeah. uh, inclusion, or sometimes it goes back to, I mean, just said earlier, singability. There are some of them that just, the soloist is running up and down, which is a great talent for them to have, but if your congregation can't do that and can't follow yeah. with that, then it does lead to more of them sitting and taking in, which yeah. I do think there is a place for, and that's typically when we use those songs for maybe a special or yeah. a uh, time of commitment or something like that. Yeah. But yeah, singability really goes for me. If I'm in the congregation and I think I would have to be a Grammy artist to be <laughs> able to join in on that, then it probably isn't the best fit yeah. for my mm -hmm. congregation. And that's that's a perfect segue into the next thing. Like we've talked about complicated melodies. Um, what would be a case to where you wouldn't choose a specific song? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think... Again, like I said, I said earlier, like I think we need to be intentional in everything that we do with song selection, because uh, again, we're we're putting uh, we're putting words in our congregation's mouths to use in worship. So we have we have a really great responsibility to make sure that the that the words that we're putting in people's mouths are biblically biblically accurate, mm. that they're theologically sound, uh, that they're actually saying something that means something to them and to God. Uh, so I think, yeah, we, we, we're definitely choosing songs based on, um, you know, doctrine and theology and, and biblical accuracy. Because there's, I mean, there's there are song, some songs out there that you can't use because of yep. those reasons. Yeah, it could be a great song. Yeah. Could 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 be really moving, could could be really powerful, but if yeah. it's the wrong message, yeah. then... then So for the, yeah, for those reasons, that, that would be a reason for me not to choose a particular song. Yeah. 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 If I can give a less serious answer, we have Josh calls it the penalty box. Yes. And there are songs that either we have led so much that yep. we are just kinda, I got one too. Yeah. yeah, we're a little <laughs> we're a little exhausted from it, or maybe it's just been requested often and mm. we've just had to bring it back around. So Josh calls it the penalty box. And sometimes songs kind of get put over into yeah, there. Yeah, because it's not they're not dead. You just yeah. need to put them in a timeout for you a can second. We still use yeah. them, we come back to them, but uh, things. The songs you think you, you seem like you're doing every week. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That are theologically mm -hmm. sound. Great songs. Great songs, but maybe we've done them for eight weeks in a row. Overplayed, yeah. maybe a little bit. We want to give Glorious Day a break and maybe come back to it. <laughs> that one's probably still in my penalty box. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I got one other less serious one. I think for me, especially for like church congregations, now like we, we do we do a lot of like uh, youth event type. Uh, mm -hmm. of like worship leading, which doesn't necessarily fall into this camp, but for mixed generation uh, church yeah. uh, groups, 
I typically avoid songs that have like a lot of like oohs and ahs and woes and yes and laws because there's there's a bunch of them out there where like you know there's a there's a hook that we want people to sing uh but our 60 year old um you know congregants don't really want to sing la 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 yeah so that's 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 another thing i i like just personally i i tend to avoid with that goes uh goes very repetitive lyrics two yeah. lines mm-hmm. over yeah. and over and over again yeah that's that yeah that that kind of that kind of ooh ah re- yeah. repetitiveness there. Yeah, yeah. Um, switching gears here, how do you choose which key to play each song in? What are you, what are your thoughts in that? Whoever wants to take it first. I <laughs> so I'm a vocalist, so I typically think vocally minded first. So for me, it's usually this sweet spot arranged that most people can sing it. Yeah. Mm. You're still gonna have your outliers. You're gonna have your ladies who sing all the way up in the rafters, and your gentlemen who are. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Rolling real low, but having a a mid range. So for me, that's usually, if we're talking exact, it's A below middle C all the way up to D in the staff. Just this nice middle range for everyone, and that I can kind of decide from because there are some songs these days that go way outside of that range, and so yeah. you kind of on both ends. On both ends. <laughs> yeah. So you kind of just have to make it work when you need to, but for the most part, falling in that area yeah. so that you do give people more of a chance to be able to sing if they yeah. would yeah. like to. Because if it's too high or if it's too low, people yeah. people aren't going to sing. Yeah. And and just taking that extra step as a worship leader and and going typing in the song select and not just going straight to the chord <laughs> chart, but going to the lead sheet and seeing where the melody yeah. falls yeah. is very, very important and, and surfing through keys there. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah it, the tricky thing is, there is there is no perfect range yeah, that's because <laughs> men's voices and women's voices are just different. And that's, that's one of the more challenging things of being a worship leader is choosing keys for songs. Because uh, if you, you, put a, you pick a song, uh, put a, a song in a key that is great for a, a male tenor voice, uh, it is terrible for, you know, sopranos, mm-hmm. right? It's way too high. Uh, or the, the inverse is true. So there is no... There is no right answer for choosing keys. We can just give you kind of a framework. And I think Ra- Rachel had had a good point. I think I, I like I'll I'll look at the at the lead sheet and I'll look for the top melody line and not necessarily at the worship leader stuff cuz sometimes you you can um you can get away with uh some worship leader type moments that aren't necessarily melody. Yeah. But if you want the melody to stay, I I use E flat as my top range. Because I also I also think that we we don't want to put people in a comfort zone with the key. We mm-hmm. want like I like getting my people to stretch a little bit higher because I don't know if, if it's just you know a mindset, but you're kind of sitting up higher, straighter, uh, you're kind of reaching a little more. Um, and to me, like I think maybe that maybe it makes me engage a little more. But picking the right key is is crucial yeah. um, so that you're not alienating anyone. Uh, and it's something you gotta take seriously. And for me, also, I'll, I'll, I take into consideration, I take into consideration transitions uh, when I'm picking keys, because um, transitions can make or break a very powerful moment. So mm-hmm. I'll choose keys uh, that are relative to the song that uh, comes before it or after it. Yeah, yeah. And, and sometimes you're, you're playing in the same keys. Yeah, you're, you're playing in the same key, or you're doing a lot of the songs in the same key. And then with that, um, you have to listen to the congregation, see if they are singing back. Yeah. Um, so if it's in a comfortable range and they are participating, um, 
then, then that's probably a go-to key for your congregation um, to where they are participating. And if they're not singing, uh, that's, that's a point where you have to ask yourself why. Yeah. Like, is the song out of their yeah. range? Um, is the song questioning, right? We, going back to, um, to songs, why we don't choose them. Are they questioning the lyrics? Why are they mm-hmm. not participating? Um, thing, things, all of that nature. And then, then you, you, you touched on a point. Um, do you think about how songs flow together with that? Um, like, you, you talked about specific keys. Do you think of, like, messages between um, what, what the songs are saying? Between between two different songs, yeah. So like like I said earlier, I I, I like to consider flow, consider flow. Like what what am I trying to say in choosing these songs? Uh, like yeah, we're like we we take into into consideration theme because typically you want your songs to be in some sort of thematic umbrella with what the sermon is doing. So everything hammers home this this one central idea. But that doesn't mean that we can't help our our songs have a shape to them yeah. to what they're actually saying uh so yeah so i'm choosing songs based on flow but also how am i getting from one song to the next because uh, like one of our chief responsibilities as worship leaders is to mitigate distractions mm-hmm. we want to eliminate as many distractions as we can uh and awkward transitions are one of those times that it can it can take a really powerful moment and inject awkwardness yeah. into it and that's that's mm-hmm. not what you want yeah yeah, yeah. uh Going over you, Rachel, as as a as a vocalist, um, in between songs, uh, you're the ones holding the microphone. Mm. <laughs> you're the ones speaking to the congregation. Um, wh- what what do you say in between there? I know that can always be a scary thing, um, but but what, what what are things that that you say during the transition while the band's changing keys um, in in a transition within that, or going into the intro of the next song? Um, I think. Situations are different, but if I'm working with uh, like some of my younger groups or my beginning groups, we typically start out pretty cookie cutter. You're either going to maybe pull a scripture verse or a passage that goes with the theme of the next song or maybe some lyrics from the next song um, or just something that is encouraging your congregation to continue in this uh, time of worship and and moving into what follows. Mm. Um, it's definitely something that takes practice. I'm, when I was 14 years old, if I was told that I had to transition a song, it was deer in headlights. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's still me. Yeah, yeah. And, and and sometimes it's just practicing. Some I have uh, my my younger kids. I have them write out what they yeah. would like yep. to say and mm-hmm. kind of give them a script so that if they do find themselves in the moment, they have something that they can go back to. Yeah. Um, but now I've, I've been doing it for a while, so it's spending time with the Lord beforehand, yeah. going over the songs, uh. going over um, just what what we are singing over the congregation and over ourselves, and uh, really listening and discerning what He wants me to share with the congregation. Um, and in spending time with Him, I usually can can be in the right mind to hear from yeah. him and to hopefully say what he would like for me to say. There are some slip-ups or some twisting of words every now and then, yeah. but that's the goal. Uh, let me just throw something in there as well. Uh, in all situations with transitions, less is more. Yeah. Mm. And sometimes, and for, for me, I just, like, I know myself, uh, I shoot for saying as little as possible or sometimes even like saying nothing in between songs. Yeah. So like for me, like my gold standard set is like I have to say something at the beginning of the worship set. Like I'll get them on their feet. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll bridge the transition between 
uh, the program element that comes before us into what we're doing so there's there's a connection. But then uh, in my planning, I'm picking keys so that I don't have to say anything in between songs, <laughs> I, that one song just flows right into the next. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it's, it doesn't always work that way, especially if you're doing a new song because um, you like you'll want to introduce that new yeah. song. But in all situations, less is more because uh, I get into the, the trap of, I don't always know how I'm getting out of what I'm going with what I'm saying. Yeah. Even like right now, I don't know how I'm closing this <laughs> thought. So you just keep talking and talking and it's this word vomit kind of thing, right? So if I talk, if I don't have to say something, it's probably better. Um, and that does, it's not to say uh, that you shouldn't strive for uh, leading your congregation through worship because that is our, that is our job as worship leaders. But um, I don't always think you have to say something between songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just a personal thing. I think if you find that you are talking more or just as much as you are singing, yeah. the, the balance is probably, yeah. um, it's the scales are probably off a little bit. Yeah. We'll get to this, but preparation is yep. key. Mm-hmm. Like when you start your set, you need to know how you're transitioning yeah. from each, from one thing to the next. If there's, if there's an awkward dead air time, it's because something went wrong. Yeah. Either you didn't prepare enough to cover that transition or there was some uh catastrophe uh in the maybe moment. maybe the the power went out or something those <laughs> those things happen so you do have to think on your feet yeah but and like in general you, like you need to have planned out what how like how you're going to transition from thing to thing yep yeah yep what other quick tips uh do you have to give beginner praise teams um uh, or or beginner beginner worship leaders uh to to, to focus on with choosing songs there's two two things, and Rachel Rachel touched on one of these earlier for me. Is um, there's a uh, there's one of my, one of my favorite worship leaders is Paul Balash. He's he's an uh, an an old school great worship leader, mm-hmm. uh, and he he does this um, this series on teaching like how to be a better worship leader, and he uses this phrase worship before the Lord, yeah. uh, and I think as as worship leaders, you cannot let the the worship leading times that you do be the time be your times of worship, mm. right? Yeah. So you need to have personal, uh, intentional, devotional worship time with just you and the Lord before before you go and lead your congregation. Um, so for me, that's the first thing: worship before the Lord on your own, right? Uh, get into that frame of mind, and if you can do it, do it on like the morning that you're as you're about to sing. That puts you in the the best frame of mind. Uh, to come before the Lord and be, to come before your congregation uh, to encourage people to experience Jesus. Uh, so mm-hmm. worship before the Lord. The second thing for me is personal practice is key. Yep. Mm-hmm. The more you practice on your own, uh, the the more comfortable you are with the chord changes and how you're transitioning from song to song, uh, even memorizing the lyrics. But the more you practice ahead of time, the less mental bandwidth you have to devote to the physics of leading worship um, and the more bandwidth you have for hearing what the Spirit is telling you in that moment and and how He wants you to lead this congregation in worship. Mm -hmm. What you got, Rachel? Well, you stole all the good points, Josh. (laughs) Um, I think in just some of the practicality of things, making sure that you're listening to things, your songs, if you're the worship leader that you are uh, sending those out so that your people can yeah. listen to those and can become familiar with them again. Cause there's probably going to be time between rehearsal and when you're actually leading, mm-hmm. there may not be, I've been in churches where we 
rehearsed the morning of, and then 30 <laughs> minutes later, we're on for service. Um, but then if you're a part of the team, then making sure that you're listening to those, really keeping those in your ear, um, because it, it's sort of the same as what Josh is saying about um, if you are saving that until the moment of, if you are just hoping and praying that it's going to come out for you in the moment when you need it, just like that spiritual preparation and really spending time with the Lord, you need to do that as well hmm. um, before it comes time for, for the mics to turn on. Yeah, yeah and just one other thing for, for beginning, beginning worship leaders and, and worship uh, players, if I, I don't really know how to, <laughs> people, people in a worship band. Uh, YouTube is great for finding tutorials on how to play your part yeah. on a particular song. Yeah. I did that so much when I was, when I was uh, well, this shows my age, but when YouTube came out and I was learning how to play like some of the harder songs, uh, you, I would, like, you can go on YouTube and you can like, look up Glorious Day Electric Guitar and there are tutorials on how like, they'll Countless. teach you how to play that particular yeah. part. Uh, and that, that frees you, again, it, it frees you up in worship to not have to think about what it is that you're playing uh, because you've already done the work ahead of time. Yep. Yeah. Last question here. What's your favorite resource for choosing worship songs? Um, it's a subscription uh, site, but I think most churches now use it. But Song Select, I love Song Select for choosing songs. Um, it has a great uh, theme section. Like it'll have hundreds of themes uh, based uh, that you can you can choose from. So particularly if you're trying to choose songs based on your sermon theme, that's a great great place yeah. to go. Yeah. Rachel, yeah, um, I'm all about free. Yep. So <laughs> worshiptogether.com has the uh, same thing kind of that Josh mentioned. It has a theme section where it has a search bar. You can uh, ask theme. Uh, it even goes down to tempo as well. Mm. If maybe you're looking at like a prayer time that you're looking for something. Um, but they also have where people have already done the work for you and put together lists of songs that fall under different categories. So even all the way down to Easter yeah. or um, Good Friday, something like that, already a list of songs in place that you can pull from there. Yeah. Uh, and it makes your life a little bit easier. Yep. I love that one. Yep. Well, thank you, Josh and Rachel, for, for joining me uh, in this first episode, Choosing Songs for Small and Beginner Praise Teams. And for you guys, thank you for tuning in. And when choosing songs, remember to take your congregation into consideration, take your band's level into consideration, and then think about and prepare the transitions between songs. Thank you for listening to this episode of Worship Leading for Small Churches. If you liked this episode, we would appreciate it if you'd like and share this with others. Tune in next Wednesday at 10 a.m. where we continue our discussion. We will see you next time. Thank you for listening, and God bless.